Hello and welcome to Little Darlings, a Dead Darlings bonus episode. This episode is looking at the Poetry Awards, both the awards show, which took place for the first time on the 23rd of November, and the organisation of the same name which runs the awards. If you've been following some UK-based poets on social media or talking to poets at events, you might have become aware of the Poetry Awards. Earlier this year, posts began appearing on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter promoting the Poetry Awards, an event which promised to shine a light on and to honour all poets and spoken word artists across the UK. But a number of people began asking questions about the awards and raising some concerns. One of the main questions being asked about the awards, which claimed to be representing poets from across the UK, came down to, well, who are they? And their website offered very little information. The awards were split into eight categories. Most popular spoken word event, most impactful poet, best spoken word poet, best author, best spoken word EP, best spoken word video, best solo piece, and best faith-based poet. Each category had between five and 10 nominees in it, but the website offered no information as to how the nominees for the awards had been chosen in the first place. And those actually chosen seemed to come largely from South London, despite the awards claiming to represent poetry throughout the UK. After this mysterious nominations process, winners were then chosen by a public vote. So in this bonus episode, we decided to take a look at the poetry awards and to see if we can find out a little bit more about them. We spoke to a couple of people who've been voicing concerns about the awards, and I went along to the award ceremony itself to see for myself what they were trying to do. So I'm going to start by laying out a little of the information we found, and then to chat to friend of the podcast, the Repeat Beat Poet, whose night, Penting, was nominated for an award, about Penting's interaction with the awards. You'll then hear a recording of a conversation between myself and my co-host, Hannah Hutzper, where I share my impressions of the night. What we found while researching this podcast raises some interesting questions about where the UK's growing spoken word scene is at the moment, how we want to be seen as a community, and who should be representing us. People who are familiar with some of the issues around the Poetry Awards will notice that there is an element of this podcast missing. That is because I have been threatened with physical violence, if I mention it. I take these threats seriously, and they are now a police matter. I just want to say that I hold the Poetry Awards to be complicit in these threats. They have been made aware of them and they have chosen not to respond. This doesn't really feel like honouring all spoken word poets to me. Um, And to be clear, this isn't about being gatekeepers or the poetry police or an attempt to bully anyone. All I have done is ask the questions that I have heard multiple poets ask over recent months, and I've done so in a respectful way. If you, as the Poetry Awards, are not prepared to answer them, then that's on you. You can find a full list of all of the questions that we put to the Poetry Awards at the end of this podcast. They decline to answer or comment on any of them. I also just want to say up front, um, in general, if you are one of the poets who was nominated or who won an award, this is not a reflection on you. I saw some fantastic work on the night at the Poetry Awards and you should be proud. Asking questions about these awards is not an attempt to tear you down. And questioning the structure behind the awards is in most cases not the same at all as saying you don't deserve the recognition. Um, And I really hope you can forgive me for asking these questions. And that they're also, it is also not incumbent on you to answer these questions that are not about your own behaviour at all. Um, I just want to make that very clear. Like many, we first became aware of the buzz and questions over the awards on social media. And then in early November, as Laurie and I were leaving a gig, a man approached us and gave us a fly for the Poetry Awards. The man, who we now know to be Sean, who is the organiser of the Poetry Awards, hadn't actually attended the gig we were at, he hadn't paid the entrance fee, but he'd hung around outside the venue specifically to give out flyers. Um, He didn't gain permission or even kind of seek to gain permission from the promoters or the venue for this. And I mean, I also happen to know that at least two of the promoters of that night have been quite vocal in their concerns about the Poetry Awards. Uh, The flyer says that the Poetry Awards aims to honour all poets and spoken word artists across the UK and that it is our mission to shine a light on them for all the world to see. Laurie and I questioned how standing outside without entering or paying a fee honours and supports poets, and he was quite vague, kind of said, well, this is an awards show, it's not the same thing. The flyer he gave us displayed logos for an entertainment company associated with the awards, so we did a bit of digging into that company. And to be honest, it's raised even more questions about who is running the awards and what their aim might be. Okay, so the awards themselves... As I've said, they're organised by a man named Sean. I believe his name is Sean Buffonge, but helpfully he has not bothered to confirm that with me. Uh, Sean ran a night called Premier Poetry in Stoke Newington for about a year, we understand. 
the Poetry Awards website itself uh, offers relatively little information about who is behind the awards, which is a bit unusual. Um, one comment that someone's made to me is that, you know, usually poets like to have their names on things because they like to get credit for what they've done, uh, which I think is, is probably a fair comment. Um, but when we met Sean at the event in November, uh, it was Boomerang uh, in Hammersmith. The flyer he gave us said the awards were presented in association with AIGI Entertainment. According to its website, AIGI Entertainment specialises in connecting brands with talent and lists a number of brands, including Axe and Blackberry, who it says the company has worked with. According to Companies House, the company has filed accounts as a dormant company with assets of £100 every year since 2016, and Sean Buffonge is listed as the sole director of the company. The flyer that Sean gave us also made mention of several household name brands. It says, The UK poetry and spoken word scene has seen the commissioning of poets, for TV and events such as Nationwide Building Society, the BBC's Peaky Blinders and UNICEF's 2019 Soccerade, to name just a few. With hundreds of weekly and monthly events up and down the country packed with guest poets and open mic performers, there is still so much untapped talent waiting to be discovered by the mainstream world. We did feel when we kind of looked at this leaflet initially that actually it could give the casual reader the impression that these brands are somehow linked to the Poetry Awards. And as far as we can tell, they aren't. And they aren't. They don't seem to be linked to AIGI either. But it might also provide a clue as to the motivation of the Poetry Awards themselves. This is pure speculation. I need to make that very clear that this is just me looking at the kind of pieces I'm going to present to you. And this is kind of a theory I have put, come up with. Um... So could it be that AIGI Entertainment are hoping to use the awards to set themselves up as the kind of go-to people for when companies like Nationwide are looking for someone to do spoken word poetry for an advertising campaign? That is, as I say, just a guess, but it might answer some of the questions that have been raised about the awards. And we'll, we'll discuss some of the issues this raises later on in the show. We did also have other concerns about the event itself. The ticket price... Um, for the event was £17.50 plus a booking fee which brought the total up to £19.46. That is a lot more expensive than many spoken word events and it could be seen as kind of being quite inaccessible for many spoken word artists. There is no mention of prize money anywhere on the awards website and one nominee has told us that in three months of contact with the awards organiser prize money has never once been mentioned. But there is a sponsorship section of the website offering advertising packages to brands at the awards ceremony for as much as £1,500. From what I could see at the awards, it didn't feel like anybody had taken them up on that offer. But branding seems to be very important to this story. Um, The awards and AIGI have very slick marketing and websites. And as a side point, both AIGI and the Poetry Awards have a section on their website labelled Charities, uh, with very similar text on it to give you an idea so on the poetry awards website um it says the poetry awards believes that being in a position to give is a privilege whenever we can we feel that we should give these are organizations close to our heart the website then has uh, a number of charities listed on it um including their kind of with their logos the nspcc refuge mind and womankind which is interesting in that that's a great sentiment, but it doesn't actually make clear that the Poetry Awards have ever given any money to these charities. The, the language does not actually say they've given money. And again, a casual reader could mistake that for some applied, uh, implied kind of official partnership, which as far as I can tell, there isn't. Um, and again, this is something that we've put to the Poetry Awards and haven't had a response. Anyway, one of the nights nominated for the most popular spoken word event at the Poetry Awards was Penting Poetry. Penting Poetry is a hip-hop and poetry open mic night. It's been running for a couple of years now um, in Central and they've also got a West London uh, kind of branch um, or kind of spin-off night. So as I say, they were nominated for the most popular spoken word event at the Poetry Awards, which came as a little bit of a surprise to the organisers as they hadn't put themselves forward for it. Uh, And they were even more perturbed to find their logo was being used on the Poetry Awards Instagram account, which they felt suggested they endorsed the awards. As a side note, um, Kate Tempest and Holly McNish were also among the nominated poets uh, for the most impactful uh, spoken word artist. Again, it's not clear how these nominations came about at all. They weren't there on the night. Um, I have no idea 
how they feel about this nomination. But one of the things that uh, you will hear PJ say is that kind of that to him initially lent the awards a bit of credibility. And if one were being cynical, one might suggest that that is why they have been nominated. Again, that's a conclusion that's quite easy to jump to when you don't know what the nominations process is, which again, we don't. So I spoke to PJ, also known as the Repeat Beat Poet, one of the Pentin crew, about their experiences with the Poetry Awards. A side note here, you'll have to excuse the recording quality. Uh, We were actually recording the Dead Darlings Office Christmas special in the next room at the same time. Um, So you can sometimes hear, because our studio is in fact my flat, uh, you can sometimes hear some of the noise uh, coming through. So uh, here's the interview with PJ. So, PJ, your night, Penting, was nominated for uh, one of the awards at uh, the Poetry Awards. When did you first kind of become aware of the Poetry Awards? So, first thing, when you say it, you have to say in, like, you know, you have to imagine the inverted commas of the Poetry Awards. Because, <laughs> like, it, it, you know, it's one of many awards uh, sort of structures um, that aren't award shows. They're, like, popularity contests, and that's how the, the, the awards are given out. Um, but, yeah, so I first heard about the Poetry Awards via Instagram, um, I think maybe it was, if it's uh, November now as we record, it was probably towards the, you know, just before summer maybe. Um, and you know, it was just an account that popped up and started following everybody. And so you see them as a recommended because when you have a, um, you know, a short period of time and you're really hammering out a social media like game, you know, the algorithms pick you up and they push you. So that's when I first heard about the Poetry Award, yeah. Okay, brilliant. And when did you find out that you'd been nominated? There's an email somewhere, inevitably. But no, it was uh, it was about a month after that, maybe two months after that. Obviously, what happens is because it's a social media-based thing, it, it only existed on Instagram for me as I was sorting out the Penting Instagram. Hmm. Uh, and so it just means that every now and then you'd get a spike of activity where like you know, lots of people are interacting with this one account. So I remember when everybody got nominated, the nominations came out and obviously it was like a big thing on social media for those couple of days. Mm. And what, because you hadn't put yourself forward to be nominated at all. No. The Penting Forward. So what was your reaction to finding out that you'd been nominated for an award? So this is when I first actually started to look into the Poetry Awards and what it was, because I'm like, oh, Penting had been nominated. This could be great. You know, this could yeah. be a really good thing. Um, and so I looked at uh, the, you know, I went through all the, all the nomination categories and I saw that they were just a bit like, um, for want of a better phrase, they weren't comprehensive. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They, they they just seemed incomplete. Like there was like a best, best faith-based poet. And for some reason that was like, uh, you know, it was like three people and it was just an oddly, oddly named category. Cause I'm like lots of, not lots of poets. I would say most poets write about their faith in one way or another, mm. but it's obviously not like their defining thing. Are they self-defining? What's the nomination process? And then secondly, I looked at the uh, sort of open mic nights and, and nights that were nominated, but they were nominated in categories like uh, most popular night, um, uh, like, you know, best single piece, things like that. And so I saw that, you know, I think five out of six of the nights were South London based. Mm. And so for something that's called the Poetry Awards, inverted commas, um, it was quite strange to see that it seems to be a very, very tight knit set of nights that had been nominated and then affiliated poets of that night uh, who have been nominated for the individual awards. When all the literature does kind of say, you know, showcasing the UK's poetry. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously, well, not obviously, but for the purposes of recording, once again, one day on social media, uh, I think it was Twitter, you know, the nominations were out and lots of (laughs) poets from nights who aren't in London, let alone uh, only in South London, they were messaging being like, oh, this is weird. Like, you know, this thing is claiming to be a National Poetry Awards and yet we've heard nothing about it. We don't know who the organisers are. They are not, whoever they are, they're clearly not within any communities across the country, which seems odd, to be honest, because as much as we talk about poetry and we're in the world, the poetry community in the UK is not a massive community. So it seemed odd that nobody had heard of him uh, and nobody had heard of the Poetry Awards. So do you have any idea of how you came to be nominated? Yeah, I think the Poetry Awards would have just seen our social media presence and would have heard about um, the buzz we have at Penting. Um, Because, you know, I run other poetry nights that that weren't nominated for X, Y, Z reason. But it seemed to be the kind of, you know, popularity and for want of a better phrase, momentum Mm. was the key factor in nominating a lot of these uh, poetry nights and you know we were initially happy and w- well 
we were pleased to receive the nomination. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you realise that sort of Holly McNish has been nominated and Kate Tempest has been nominated. And these are poets who I, you know, love and respect. Um, and I thought, well, if they're giving their name to this thing, then, you know, surely that gives it some credibility. Uh, but it turns out they, you know, they also didn't know that they'd been nominated. It was a sort of process that seemed quite opaque. Mm. And so um, you've had some interaction with uh, the Poetry Awards organisers sort of since then. And yeah, can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, uh, there was a night called Premier Poetry uh, that was running uh, on uh, Stoke Newington Road. Um, and it was, you know, running every month. There was discussions before, all that thing. Um, and the organiser of that uh, was a guy called Sean. Um, and I met him when I went to Premier Poetry Awards, uh, like many, many months ago. Um, didn't hear anything from him since, uh, you know, a long time. And then I was at a penting event. Uh, we ran a penting event in West London. And uh, afterwards, he was kind of just like sitting uh, outside in the cafe, uh, you know, um, handing out flyers for this uh, for, for this poetry awards. Um, and, you know, I'm not against people flyering events. That stuff happens all the time. Um, but, you know, he was just sort of there sitting there and wasn't really engaged with any of the poetry. Obviously, he only turned up at the end of the evening and then turned out he'd just been going and doing the rounds and turning up at other events, uh, other poetry events, which is, you know, not uncommon in the entertainment promoting industry to people for people to fly like that. Mm. Um, but it did seem, once again, just another small odd thing uh, speaking of actions that definitely weren't based around the poetry or elevating any of the work. Um, definitely about uh, promoting and about selling something, but we weren't really sure what was being sold at this point because it was just an award ceremony that was overstepping its ground um, in our eyes. Yeah, and and how did that change? It was when we realised that that part of their part of their value as a brand that the, that they were selling tickets off was that our name was attached to the thing. Mm. So when we found out about the tickets for the poetry awards and how much they were and what their venue must be and where the money was going hmm. and the poets like a couple of poets had like kind of been approached but not really we were frustrated when we realized that the value of our brands as poets and poetry nights were being used without our consent to yeah uh, to to add to the value of this awards none of which we'd given our consent to be used where was that you saw that happening it was in um it was it was online as you realised that they were really pushing tickets that were like you know expensive twenty pounds, mm. um, and that the business model of mm. the poetry awards wasn't to be anything about poetry necessarily. Yeah. So it wasn't a judged panel. It wasn't a organiser or promoter who'd been a part of any poetry community for any period of time. It definitely wasn't somebody who had for want of a better phrase, I know we talk about gatekeepers a lot, but mm. when you talk about the value of the art that we produce, the cultural product, people's cultural products were being devalued by the Poetry Award claiming to be a veritable source for, you know, checking who are the best poets mm. in the UK. Um, call it false advertising to somebody who doesn't know, but mm. to people whose livelihoods this is, that stuff matters and yeah. especially when we found out what the larger business structure was in terms of being an agency connecting poets to uh you know uh, uh opportunities and, and larger agencies so and this stuff. is aigi entertainment which yeah. is kind of producing awards in association with it we believe and i'm going to put this to them but we believe that sean it who runs poetry awards is the sole director of this company and company's house yeah and that sort of stuff seems to be getting evident yeah. once it got closer and closer to the event because we realised what was being sold and it was that the poets were being sold as like products mm. which is very strange and that's when we went back and were looking towards how their brand had been growing effectively just by using the names and logos mm. of our poetry nights and <clears throat> and us as poets because uh, Penting's logo was one of the ones that was, re was, was put on Instagram on by the poetry awards and they definitely did boomerang as well didn't they yep um they did many nights obviously yeah. the nights that they nominated um and in and of itself explicitly it was just frustrating but then we realized how much value was being added by their brand mm. off what we had done so we thought actually let's send a message in 
asking them to stop using our uh, material because we didn't want to be affiliated with them anymore. They took us off their advertising list, aka they weren't plugging stuff to us, but they were still, you know, obviously yeah. using our uh, names. I didn't attend the event in and of itself, and so I'm not sure if any of our logos actually made an appearance at the awards. No, it seems like nobody took them up on the advertising offer, actually, because there was there were like there were no logos apart from theirs. There were no logos apart from theirs. Yeah, but no, I mean like uh, Penting. I think last time I checked, Penting was still up on their Instagram. Yeah. So what was so their response when you asked when you said please stop using our advertising? What our our brand was to just remove you from the advertising, but not actually to to do what you'd asked. Yeah, especially because we, it was incredibly hard to get any sort of actual response from them. Mm. Because we initially sent emails into the uh, the email that they gave, we were waiting for any response. And we got a response from what seemed like a marketing team who mm. didn't know what was actually any of the issues or any of the people involved. And so they sort of bounced us through. And then it was just a long time waiting for responses. I think, you know, sent an email, wait a couple of weeks or whatever. And all this time, you know, just the issue is persisting because his brand, because the company's brand mm. is growing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so one of the things that I think we've really wrestled with with the podcast is, um, you know, there seems to be a question here about whether or not um, the Poetry Awards have the legitimacy to be giving out awards uh, and whether that becomes a type of gatekeeping and who they are. But then, but also what is the what is the role that other poets like us or anyone else has to kind of say oh well these guys don't represent us is that not another form of gatekeeping so yeah i just wondered if you had any thoughts about this issue around legitimacy and gatekeeping so like definitely it's important to caveat all of this with the framing that internally within what we call the poetry scene or the poetry community this stuff is incredibly important because it's about us as as creators of cultural products as our own business runners as you know young professionals more often than not it's about us internally having the conversation about where do we place value and how do we control our value and that's the immediate response from which all opinions and sort of um interactions with the poetry awards came from to the poets that i was talking about we would all get you know, maybe flustered thinking about, oh, well, if this is what people are going to see as the best of us, how can we make sure that people are getting an informed opinion and that the opinion isn't based on other motives other than, you know, a fair judgment as fair as judgment can be of poetry, subjective art form. We want to make sure people have an informed opinion. And we do have other poetry awards, which is the baffling thing. You know, you've got all your forward prizes and your Bridport prize and the T.S. Eliot Prize, um, you know, and they're just the most like sort of established pagey or in big brackets type ones. But even these ones, look at the poets at whom they are giving awards to now, or the poets to whom they are giving awards. Jay Bernard comes from a spoken word like performance background. Raymond Antrobus, spoken word performance background. Kate Tempest, Holly McNish. A lot of the poets who have been elevated by the award structure within the poetic like world have done really good off it and that's been wonderful for them and they've also been sick poets which means to say that the judgment process is the thing that's really being valued here the poetry in and of itself is great there's lots of great poets and you know the reason why we have slams a lot of the time is to prove that on a certain day at a certain time in a certain audience this poet was voted the best but with the more official, for want of a better phrase, poetry awards, and I say that I usually just mean judged, usually by a panel of selected judges in a transparent way. When it comes to these awards, there's, you know, weight and there's definitely a professionalism which is inbuilt into the award structure. It was frustrating to see poets reacting to the poetry awards um, to know that sort of that due diligence didn't seem to have been done. I think one thing that the organisers of the Poetry Awards would say, and something that's on all their literature, it's in all, in all the conversations I've had with them, has been around um, they want to promote poetry. They want to promote the UK spoken word scene. They want to give it this legitimacy and to put it on a bigger stage because it is very up and coming at the moment. On one level, what's wrong with that? And, and, and what would you say to that? 
kind of that's that they're saying that's what they're doing that's a really good question because i don't disagree with that part of what they're doing mm. yes poetry is growing that's wicked yes people are and i mean like granularly people are spending more money on poetry year on year compared and that's like as a percentage of entertainment spending percentage of literature spending uh, and you know the increase is great and it means that necessarily the underground spoken word community as it were are going to be professional there are career opportunities and career paths opening up that did not exist two five ten fifteen years ago when you have a, somebody like a kate tempest who can bust down those first few doors holly minish obviously as well george the poet is another one uh scroobius pip even even in the podcasting game that yeah. we're doing now all of that's great as long as the growth of the industry isn't sorry no to make sure that basically the actual the actual cultural product the thing that we're doing the art the reason why they were actually all a part of this as long as that isn't eclipsed and like you know as long as the community isn't cannibalized into growing for capital as opposed to growing just through the actual work the mm. creative work that is the point of what we do the point is not the points the point is the poetry is an adage that is said all in slams but that's mm. my issue with the poetry awards in inverted commas is that the point seems to be clearly a good business to business venture and i don't deny them a good business to business venture but i do deny them it if it devalues the actual poetry with which it you know is apparently interested in selling and it is selling it's not uplifting we need to use be careful about words we use here they are selling poets to agencies to get them to do work we think we we think, yeah. allegedly. And once again, in and of itself, not wholly an issue. But when the poetry is a complete second thought to branding, to marketing, to advertising, to glitz and glamour and high price points and middlemen taking cuts, allegedly, then I have an issue with it. And I think we have to say that. <laughs> So after looking into the Poetry Awards for a few weeks, I decided to go along to the awards ceremony itself. It seemed only fair to find out what kind of event it actually was. I met up with my co-host, Hannah Hutzper to discuss what happened the following day. I should note that at one point in the recording, I start talking about a poet named Bridget. Uh, that's Bridget Hart down in Bristol. Um, she was a poet who um, was the first to kind of start asking questions on Twitter um, about the awards a while back. And I spoke to her, but for various reasons, didn't include this interview in the podcast but one of the things that she said to me about the community really chimed with me so I've left that bit in um, so that's why I suddenly start talking about a poet called Bridget um, so yeah on with the show so we are here in Hannah's flat it's the day after the poetry awards and yeah so I went along and uh, Hannah and I have got together to chat about how it went yeah how did it go <laughs> tell me more it was interesting um I'm not gonna lie there was a little bit of me that was wondering if it was going to be like the poetry scenes equivalent of the fire festival uh, <laughs> it really it, it wasn't because you know we were not on island and there was water how much were the tickets though so they were 17 pounds 50 i ended up paying 19 pounds 46 in total right um so, so the rest of that was a charge for event right um so the venue like on that note so it was in west london and it's baden powell house which is i think must be owned by the scouts yeah. um or have so be associated with the scouts i don't know anymore but it's a conference center um and a hostel and so they've been promising this kind of glitz and glamour mm. and the room itself did look like a very very smart school hall yeah which when you say hostel like people who need somewhere to stay or like traveling uh, traveling i think okay. more of a kind of youth hostely sort of uh thing rather than a kind of yeah um services services no um so yeah it, but it, and it was like it was fine and you kind of you know i wonder what the constraints were with money there and stuff mm. like that i mean i it wasn't most glamorous venue in the world and and they've been promising this glitz and glamour and i did about halfway through look around well no this does look pretty good and then i realized that actually it was the audience that bought the glamour that they were people were, people were dressed up for people it. were incredibly dressed up uh. so it looked actually if you were kind of looking at it, everybody looked very dressed up but actually kind of they had some very fancy banners with all their logos on Mm. they were very well produced in the time that we're talking i have gotten an old stub which i should have cleared out of my wallet yeah but uh when the was it hammer and tongue 
poetry mm. uh, finals were at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh yeah. The ticket price was seventeen pound fifty. Wow. Okay, that is yeah. I mean, we weren't in the Hall Hall. We were at the Elgar Room, but like, yeah, yeah, just just to talk budgets and comparisons. So, I mean, I don't know how much the Royal Albert Hall because obviously you buy the tickets through the Royal Albert Hall there. So it was seventeen pounds fifty for the ticket itself, but then you had to buy it through Eventbrite. Yeah, which was charging an extra. But still, it's yeah. charging the same as in that case, and I think the Albert yeah. Hall charged like I think it was something like fifteen pounds, and then they charged something on top. Yeah. So it's charging equivalent to or slightly more than a gig at the Albert Hall, and it is. A nice school hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I kind of part of me is like, do I want to? Do I want to kvetch about this, mm. or or not? But I mean, production values in, in poetry is an interesting one because yeah, the economies often often the things that you want to be really fancy, like the economies just aren't there for it. But and I think that was the thing. I think that they were kind of promising to elevate the poetry scene from its usual kind of, you know, basement bar or room above a pub yeah. dive bars to this glitz and glam award ceremony and it kind of was neither here nor there yeah. it neither had the kind of quirky charm of being you know crammed into VFD or yeah. the kind of being at the Royal Albert Hall yeah um, so yeah it was neither here nor there yeah um, and I feel like the poetry scene generally has we've reached a stage where we kind of want and should have bigger fancier yeah. things for some elements of the scene but also a lot of us are damn broke <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it's a young scene it is a broke scene yes. <laughs> often but yeah yeah that is but then also if if there is some suspicion about motives then charging a lot for a big thing is yeah and i mean like i say i'm sympathetic to um you know okay so maybe they didn't quite get the right venue you know mm. that happens yeah it's yeah, yeah. like fair enough but it, it was a bit and i think the thing that really got me was just that there wasn't really much provision for the poets come up on stage or kind of uh. organization like when you talk about production values yeah the bit where the or the, where, where the production values were the lowest was the actual handing out the awards itself and like so so and also they had they had poets coming on uh, in between as kind of entertainment right and so they started off with an open mic mm. and this comedian who, who was, was presenting the comedian? Uh, Dizzle the Comedian his name was and he was actually I will say he was quite good he was obviously connected with the crowd he was getting them laughing mm. and at moments where there was awkwardness or mistakes he made it funny yeah. and made it not weird and awkward okay. which is what you want good. a comedian to do in that so yeah. you, know, you want them to fill the space comedian and, good host yeah. yeah what I will say about him was he kept making comments like um, there was a poet coming out on stage and he said and she's a really big deal in the poetry scene so I'm told uh, I don't really follow the poetry scene and he was kind of, it was kind of a self-deprecating joke, but it was also like, dude, you're literally at the fucking Poetry Awards, which yeah. are telling us that this is a platform to elevate poetry into the mainstream. And then you keep going, I've never heard of you. And that was <laughs> continued. So, so it's a, it's a, I mean, you it, can you can absolutely like follow the script mm. and not really like know yourself. But if yeah. you keep adding in, yeah, well, I've never heard of it. Yeah, that's... That, it was a bit weird. And like, so that they had the first open mic come up, and there was no provision for a microphone. So she came, she came up and read at the lectern that he'd been standing at. And I have once in my life performed poetry behind a lectern. And that was my grandmother's funeral in a church. Uh, and it's fucking weird and hard work. Because oh, you're like, do I bring my arms out? Do I not? Like, what do I... Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's a whole different... Yeah. yeah, it was really weird. And then the next person came up and just took his microphone off him. He had a freestanding mic. Yeah. And they just took it off him. Yeah. And walked into the middle of the stage. And then the third person said, could I have a mic stand, please? Um, so this is just the open mic at the beginning. Yeah. Um, wait, 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 they have open mic. They had an open mic at the beginning. At this... an award ceremony. Oh. I feel like there should be slightly more quality yeah. control. I can see that as being a nice thing of like a nod to most of the scene is, is open mic. Do you know what I mean? Yes and no. Like I can see both sides on that. Um, was it was it flagged ahead of time that that would be a thing and you could sign up? I think so. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So um, yeah. Third person's like, can I have a mic? Can I have a mic stand? And the kind of comedian made out. Like he was being a bit difficult and it was all done in a joke and it was all nice enough, but it was a bit like, actually, dude, you want, po you're telling me that this is supposed to be about putting poetry center stage and you literally haven't made it. And, you know, later on they had a poet who had yeah. like a guitar ramp and, and people and the kind of comedian again was like, oh, they've left their, they've left their microphones here. And, and there was just no provision 
for the fact that poets were going to be performing and they were going to need a fucking microphone, which is the basic. And like, there was no yeah. adjusting the mic, you know, like, like that stuff that first, ever since Faye mentioned that to us when we interviewed them up in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, as a host, you kind of wait till the next act has come up and you've made a vague assessment of their height and yeah. try and adjust the mic yeah. to where it should be. I mean, often they need to adjust it a bit yeah. more, but like, you get closer. Which part of me is like, okay, the host genuinely didn't appear to know that. I feel like the organizer should have had somebody on stage management or something like that or fucking told him that's what he needed to do yeah and so- i feel like also i i don't mean to be a jerk but i do feel like po- like comedy is often a little bit more combative a little bit less yeah open-hearted like if you come away from a bad poetry night or a night where some of the poetry was not good you'll find yourself going oh god i feel like i've just had people's diaries read at me that person really should have edited, yeah. etc. If you come back from a bad comedy night, you might find yourself going, fuck, I need to dry clean my brain. <laughs> that was some hate speech with punchlines. Like, I feel like comedy can get nasty a lot quicker. Yeah, whereas the kind poetry of like, will be too saccharine rather than too nasty. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. It? yeah. And I feel like a comedy host who is not aware that you are nice to people... <laughs> Might much might much more be like, here's something slightly different. I'm going to prod it and try and get a joke at their expense. Yeah, and he wasn't cruel, but it also just felt like, actually, guys, you you should be providing this. Yeah. Like, and that feels like a basic thing. Yeah. That you haven't considered the poets. And there was another one where there was a, a woman uh, called Terry J who got up, did some, uh, sang a couple of songs, really lovely, mm-hmm. and the comedian at the end said where can we find your stuff and she said I'm on Spotify and I'm on um, uh, Apple Music and he said yeah but we've got to pay for those where is it where it's free fuck off and I actually started shouting artists deserve to get paid yeah um, not loud <laughs> enough because I chickened out doing it properly loud and I was like <laughs> fuck off like yeah. like how dare you tell this woman you're giving her a platform and then try and get her get, to get you know and, like, and, and at a night that is charging a not inconsiderable amount to get in yes. as well like there's some overlapping layers of yeah <laughs> and then this brings back to the thing that bugged me most about the whole night when we were talking about the host not being familiar with things mm. and reading it off the script nobody who presented awards no actually there was one person who was a poet apart from her nobody else sounded familiar with any of the names they were reading which I can kind of get if you've just been drafted in to, to present this award fine who were they drafting in to present it if they weren't familiar with... There was a woman who ran a youth club, there was a woman who was a civil servant and ran a couple of charities, and she actually said, oh, when they asked me to do this, I didn't... Um, I, I kind of said, well, you know, I, what's poetry got to do with me? But then I realised that they explained to me that it was about platform and opportunity for young people and having a platform, and I think that's really important. And, I, you know, I think she was genuine in that. Yeah. But then if you're going... If, if, if your motivation is about giving people a platform... You fucking make sure the hosts know what everybody's name is before mm-hmm. they So they they forgot to read the nominees on most of the categories. Are you kidding me? No, so they come up and they just start opening the envelope going and the winner and then everybody was kind of like, no, no, nominations. Because the nominations are coming up on the screen behind them. So oh, it got God. to the, I think, like the last award but one and some and, and the audience is shouting at them, the nominees, the nominees. Like the whole yeah. audience is shouting, like remember the nominees. Because this is where everyone gets a round of applause and a shout yeah. out whether or not they're so, on the... So if it's about a platform, right. you need to read their names out and you need to read their names out. Like like you've uh, looked at the list before this moment. Yeah, like they are people who are worth, <laughs> who are worth clapping for. It's not just, yeah. okay, we've got some randoms. It's, you know, we've got... John Smith is now coming up and then we've got this person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it wasn't like that at all. It was, they sort of read it, like, you know, we can hear the air quotes around someone's names because they're kind of, and this is John Smith? Smythe? Smith. John Smith. That kind of thing uh, where it was just, they got like people. substitute teacher with the. Yeah. And they just, that happened on almost every category, almost every poet. Like the one that really got me was a guy called Rhythmical Mike. Right. I can't remember if he got nominated or won an award. Um, and they kept saying Rhythm of Mike. Rhythm of Mike. His name is literally on the board next to. Oh my god. Next to it, and there was another guy that came up, um, and the, the host kept calling him uh, Rashid, um, and his name was Rasheni or Raseni, and he had it written on his chest. <laughs> it was literally on his t-shirt, <laughs> and the host kept getting the name wrong, and it just felt like. Did he at any point sort of like point at a peck and be like? No, they were. Name was very good natured <laughs> about it. I have to say, wow. um, which I just. This, this is the central thing for me, that if you're saying we are the Poetry Awards, we are the platform, we want to provide a platform for poets, mm. 
then fucking provide a platform and make them centre stage. And they felt like an afterthought, even as they were giving them awards. Which, and that why the which is why the like the hosts who weren't connected with the scene confused me as mm. well. Like, it sounds like there were some good intentions, but I don't know yeah. why you would right so you're you're creating a platform for poetry let's mm. say in good faith you are creating a platform for poetry why do you okay forget to read out the names of all the nominees yeah don't familiarize yourself with the name and give the microphone at virtually every opportunity it sounds like yeah to anyone who's not a fucking poet yes yeah and there were people talking about their struggles through life like people that were giving awards and you were like well that's great but i want to hear from the poets yeah like, yeah it was a very Jesus. yeah i don't think there was an intent behind it it was just clumsy mm. but this is the the criticism one of the criticisms that has been leveled at them yeah all the way through like who are you what is your connection with poetry scene and and not not in a kind of like who do you think you are or, or a uh, i i haven't met your grandfather i don't think you belong here <laughs> like it's nothing like that but it's it's just where where is your authority to give awards from yeah. tell us how you're connected into the scene it's not yeah. a who de- how dare you it's yeah. a oh cool what do you do yeah and <laughs> if, if your saving grace there is we give a platform and we raise people up then do it yeah do it properly and yeah. do it with some thought because that so they they actually and they got the envelopes mixed up they had they had a um, la la land moonlight last uh, moment oh, for the Jesus. last award that they Wait, how did they do that for the last award how what because there was one where somebody opened it and went, "This doesn't make any sense." Earlier on, and just put it, and they read it off the screen because uh, they had a they had a screen coming up, and then that envelope turned up. Like, which you would have thought if you oh were there, like, better just check the rest of them. And they started reading it, and then we're like, "Well, those aren't the names coming up on the screen." And then they realised, and then there were loads of nominees for this category, and it was the spoken word, best spoken word artist, but. They sort of, they got about halfway through and said it like it was final and people started, and then they said the next name and it almost sounded like they'd won and people started clapping and cheering. They're like, oh no, no, there's more. And then they kept going. Like, yeah, they didn't even say these are the nominees. Well, they said these are nominees and then they did like four or five of them and kind of there was a pause and they said the next person's name. And I think people in the audience thought that person had won. Yeah, because about four is about. Yeah, and then they're like, oh no, 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 there's more and they kept going. How many nominees were there per category then? Um, it varied throughout the categories, actually. There were, so there were it wasn't like we pick a top five or... No, I, yeah. And I mean, this is something that I need to talk to them about because I think that's one of the key issues that people have had is how are you choosing these nominees? Like, yeah. Because there isn't... So it's it's on it's on their website. You can vote for nominees, but they are already nominated. There are already choices there for you. It's not like you can just nominate somebody. Yeah, a clear process for who gets who is nominated mm. including i think it would be very like you can you can put in your own nominations as well yeah by all means but like if you're running the award i think you can definitely nominate whoever yeah. the fuck you want but have a clear like open call where people can get nominated some of it will be people who are not very good nominating themselves and their mates but also you're going to find out about a load of awesome people you didn't know about should it be you have an open nominations thing where people can put in the most popular people and, and, and their favourite mm. and then you get a panel of judges to judge exactly like, like is that fairer than what actually seems to be a bit of a popularity contest who you can mobilise and how is not the same as who is Good. the most talented no who can get the most mates of theirs to click the thing is not the same as who's written the most skilled thing because the mates clicking the thing might not yeah. might not read any other poetry and they're just like oh yeah my mate all done but that's why i think yeah a panel of judges would be yeah. infinitely better than just who can hustle the most and i think if you want to set yourself up as again the poetry awards then actually there does need to be some expertise going on mm-hmm. there. like it goes back to this thing about who, what's your authority to give out these awards yeah. where have these nominations come from yeah who who are these how are you selecting them yeah how are these, because it was also and this is a point that pj has made to me um was that it was very london centric yeah to the point where at the beginning the comedian was doing the hey how is everybody where's everybody come from if you're from north london shout out west london south london <laughs> east wow. london didn't say people from other parts of the country wow and like these this, these guys are setting them up as the poetry awards yeah i mean getting getting a good geographical spread is always a problem just because of yeah how far any one person can travel from where they're based but no and i mean and, and this claim was, to be yeah and i mean this is an issue we've dealt with on our podcast that's yeah. why we say london and beyond because we knew we didn't want to just talk about london but we also knew that we couldn't we can't claim to be an authority on newcastle upon Tyne if we can't get there which we can't we yeah. all work full time yeah. and 
trains are expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nationalise the trains. What? Um, <laughs> which brings us to this question of, you know, who are these guys yeah. and what is it they are trying to do? Yeah. So we got involved with this, as you may have seen on our Facebook page, um, in during the November, um, after the November boomerang, Laurie and I left um, and we were kind of and at the bottom of the stairs of the... Um, so the boomerang's held on First Robert Pub. We get downstairs and there's a guy handing out leaflets for the Poetry Awards. And we kind of felt that was a bit off, that he hadn't been in the night. Yeah, that is a dick move. It's a dick move. I think it's really interesting because my husband and my brother, both very, very big on music, going to gigs and things like that. And they were both like, what is your problem? That happens at music nights all the time. Which I know I've seen, like you do see flyers, but then I, I wonder if it's an issue about the size of the... The audience that's mm. out there whereas you know i think i think with poet the poetry community you're you are fishing from quite a small pool so it seems a bit shitty to you know like like metallica don't need you to go and buy a ticket to their gig to support them before you hand out and try and get people to go to your gig afterwards that's true do you know what i mean like they don't i don't think they need it in the same way but i do think flyering at nights that you are not attending and that it wasn't like they happened to be in the area like boomerang is quite an outlier in terms of, it's not, in it's not like in dalston where the shit's like yeah he clearly came especially for that to hand out after boomerang he i do think it's a dick move it's not unique to them no no that's very true naming um, absolutely no names <laughs> me being me i went over and challenge this guy <laughs> well I didn't and I, I, I want to make the point because it's important to say I wasn't aggressive um, I am a journalist you know ask in my day questions. job I asked some fucking questions and I did it and I did it slightly wide eyed just like oh were you not in the event you know it was it was that kind of tone oh it really wasn't like what are you doing here I wasn't you? what you doing no I went over and I just said um, sorry were you not in the event upstairs and he said, oh, no, no, I got here late. Oh, they let late comers in, you know. That, that would have been fine. Oh, yeah, no, no. So why are you down here? Are you just waiting for people to come out? Yeah, but you didn't go up and support them. <laughs> no. Okay, well, if you're running your own thing, like, surely you should be supporting them. If, if your thing is for the scene. He's like, mm. oh, no, it's an award show. And I was like, yeah, but it's for the poetry scene, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. oh, well, uh, yeah, it's for the scene. It's for the scene. Why weren't you up mm. giving Boomerang your money and, and, and it was just that kind of level of questioning like it was pointed yeah. but it wasn't aggressive yeah it's friendly and it was just you know i felt confused sort of i mean thing. it sounds like you honed in pretty quick but yeah <laughs> I, did, I mean i did i did but when i got there yeah. on um uh, last night he recognized me yeah and he said oh yeah i know you you were the one who roughed me up the other night outside boomerang which hmm. is a it's an interesting description for asking questions. Yeah. Uh, tomato, tomato, I guess, mate. Like, mm. and I kind of just laughed and said, look, I'm asking questions. I'm asking questions. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't think I was unreasonable. He didn't give me an answer, yeah. you know, to, to the questions. He actually said he was waiting for somebody in Boomerang and then I saw him get in a car on his own. <laughs> and I don't think that's unreasonable and I wasn't rude. Yeah. You know, I just was pointed. And I, 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 and I guess, I guess because I am a journalist, there is that when somebody gets pissy with you for asking questions it's a bit of a red rag to a book yeah, yeah, yeah. because actually they were perfectly legitimate questions they were perfectly fair questions yeah. to ask and actually you should have a fucking answer for that if you're going to behave like that um, out of interest like what sort of I, I wasn't yeah. there at either of yeah. these like is he young old like uh, I'd say mid 40s oh yeah yeah okay so from some of the behaviour I was assuming like youthful misadventure no I really from all the descriptions I thought I thought we were dealing with someone like no in their late teens early 20s i really assumed like hustle and not quite knowing the ropes yet but i think the poetry scene generally it is a very vibrant scene with very little money in it Mm. and i think it's fairly common to get people who sort of turn up to the scene and go wow this is great i can't believe no one's getting rich off of this (laughs) i will be the one to get rich off of this I'm the first clever person to think that you could make money off of it. Yeah. And the reasons that no one makes money off of it is that not enough money is spent on it. Yeah. It's a young scene. Young people, by definition, are broke. Thanks, Tories! It's different enough to the... um, It doesn't get enough arts council funding. It doesn't have enough kudos, I think, with people who have a more more traditional view of poetry, even though, frankly, oral tradition has always been there. But... I, I think 
it's not uncommon to have people turn up being like I've got this genius idea yeah. and getting it a bit wrong but they're usually a bit more involved and a hell of a lot younger there's yeah. usually a lot more youthful naivety in the hustle yeah my thinking is and this is uh, basically if you look at the leaflet that we were handed mm. it's got all this stuff on it about poetry is on the up and you know poets have been um chosen for you know nationwide adverts they've been chosen for, they've been on peaky blinders <laughs> like they've been you know the, it's getting more and more current hmm. and like i say this um this entertainment company which it would seem the same guy also runs seems to want to set itself up as connecting brands with talent which makes me think that possibly we already have someone doing that his name is michael boulder and he is a saint working on the nationwide adverts yeah which is making me wonder <laughs> is, is it the case that he he wants to set it up as the go-to place for companies like Nationwide who want to run adverts with poets mm. in and want to bring them in. He wants to be a middleman. Yes. Making money off of well, that's a poetry the thing. trend. Is that a terrible thing in itself? No. Mm. Also, is it needed? Is it? Do we need somebody else in the middle making I, money? I would honestly argue that the poetry scene does. Mm. I think that we have reached a point where some of our biggest talent winds up sort of genre switching to continue growth like jack rook is an incredible poet who has basically switched to doing theater now yeah theater and script writing because the poetry scene is a difficult place to sustain a living yeah you've got kate tempest moving who's always mixed more into like uh theater and music as well yeah um but i think honestly actually, i i can't speak for either of them but i feel yeah. like a lot of our biggest acts have started doing other things okay because moving more into theater spaces mm. or moving more into music spaces because poetry as a scene you reach a certain size and there isn't any help up i kind of felt myself a few years ago and frankly at a certain point uh earning enough money to keep a roof over my head became a more pressing <laughs> issue uh, but a couple of years ago when i'd had like some five star uh five star shows at the fringe um three books out in three years and a UK tour mm. I really felt like I was in a position where I wanted to take off like yeah. this shit was all going really well this was excellent and I when it got to the UK tour I found myself going I have not got a fucking clue how to run this and there is no one mm. I know about who can help me or there is no there is no go-to for like I found out way too late that most arts venues book up six months to a year ahead of their gigs yeah i did not know that no one told me that and so i wound up i i, I basically realized that this is exactly the point where comedians get tour managers yeah and this is the point where if you're in a theater space there's always a lot more structure around you musicians musicians and comedy people there are agency structures okay so and and i think that the scene does need it this there are different pockets of the poetry scene yeah Definitely. And from what I've understood from PJ, this seems to be a largely South London-based mm. crowd, and it did feel like people knew each other on the night. Actually, yeah. that did. There was that vibe there, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then, don't say that you represent the UK poetry scene. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's that they want something fully formed. Maybe the problem here is that they've tried to create something fully formed mm. rather than, and they're running before they can walk. You know, I mean, is a possibility. I could believe it, but I also feel like these virtually every error you've named is something mm. they should have been able to anticipate, and also that they have been warned about. Yeah, that people have said to them, "You feel very disconnected. Who are you?" And the way to solve that is to go to the nights to chat to the hosts. And and the thing about handing out flyers at Boomerang as go well. To the nights, perform at the nights, and yeah. then on the open mic, go. By the way, I'm running the poetry awards. Yeah. Chat, you come know. get a fly from me like yeah, yeah absolutely you know have a have a more of a connection there mm. so people know who you are because it yeah. is it is a very friendly scene and what that actually means is that that yeah you're meeting somebody and having a bit of a chat to them mm. is actually actually goes quite a long way in terms of connection scene i think yeah um i absolutely take your point that you know perhaps there is room for expanding this mm. and you know it's not terrible of them to want to be this person but i kind of i sort of thought okay if you wanted to be the clever person that's who's, go decided to make money? who's going to make the money but also is going to do all this stuff about raising the profile and mm. being you know 
connecting people up and 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 you need to turn up to the fucking nights to know who is good like how would i go about that if i were just going to sit down and do it and i think well what i would do is i would get in touch with say hammer and tongue Mm -hmm. i might get in touch with the south bank center because they do stuff Mm -hmm. like i might get in touch with um the arts council the albany and deptford Mm -hmm. there are all these institutions is the wrong word but organizations groups nice pubs that's a good word yeah you know, you might get in touch with Burning Eyes, say. Mm. There are all these groups of people who are doing amazing work. Within and the it, scene. Within the scene. And within the, the scene in the broadest sense, and then yeah. it has pockets, obviously. Like, yeah, so. yeah. And, and like, there and that would help monolith, you with geographical but... spread, actually, yeah. that if you were to then go to, say, Loud Poets, and you were to say, and obviously Hammer and Tongue is, is not as spread as it could be, but it is pretty spread. Apples and Snakes has apples a snake. number of locations. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are people doing amazing work in the scene. Mm. And I feel like my first impulse would be to go to them and say, who are, who are the people you want to talk to? Who, mm. who, who should I be talking to? And I think yeah. it's, it's that humble approach yeah. or that kind of collaborative well, sh- approach. Yeah, show your cards. Missing. Hello, this is what I want to be doing mm. as a start. Yeah. The Saboteur Awards are there and are thoroughly embedded in the scene. Yeah. And I'm not saying that oh, we've got one award, so we don't need no. any more. But I, I think that um, that seems far more organic also so we discovered from this uh, having been on their website they were offering um sponsorship packages for different things at the event did anyone um, bite no the oh. only the only flyers that were on chairs were for the two people two of the groups who were performing um hmm. uh all the poets who were performing for their shows yeah there was no um yeah no banners with anybody else's branding on mm. no one took them up on it so hmm. I mean, finding corporate sponsors is not always easy. But also, no. if that's what you are aiming to do... Yes, if, if your shtick is connecting people with brands and they've got all these brands on their website, like... I feel like the thing is that the brands don't really need anything from us until they've got something they yeah. actually want to promote and they want something well-written. Well, I also... This is part of it, and I, again, I don't know enough about it, but as a business plan, like, how sensible is that? Because, do you know what, Nationwide have done it. A couple of other people have done it. Mm. There's the terrible Gumtree one with the really shit... That's the other yeah. thing, right, is... Nationwide actually took the decision of getting actual spoken word artists, hmm. commissioning them. They also had a process of they sort of they would get groups of people to write a few samples and then video themselves doing them. And Michael Bolger, who also works with Poetry Takeaway, hmm. um, who was the agent setting that up, made sure that even the people writing a little sample, whether yeah. or not they got taken up, got paid for that. Oh, that's that is good. He, that is a good. It was actually quite rare that Nationwide, not just. Hired, po- hired actual poets to write it and then got their faces on the billboards and even like the posters yeah it like it's rare that they actually put poets faces on things as well mm. whereas i think what's more likely to happen putting on my cynical hat is that some people go oh yeah the nationwide adverts that was quite good yeah so if you just get the marketing team to write something in badly scansioned rhyming couplets yeah you've got your gum tree ad that's going on at the minute yeah where technically rhymes <laughs> the scansion <laughs> makes me want to curl up into a little ball of hatred um but like is there going to be a rash of other companies looking for it or has it had its moment do you know what i mean yeah I, you know and, and like you're saying even if they are they may not want to pay poets for it yeah you know i um, think it's much more likely that the existing marketing company is going to go brilliant so shit rhymes is the thing let's do some shit rhymes yeah but that will not filter back down to the scene that could do it well the mcdonald's ad was some poetry mm. there's a train ad that's got some poetry yeah and i don't know if they they're paying actual poets for those i don't recognize i don't know yeah um and yeah, it would be great to see poets getting more money at that, but it, yeah. I, I suspect it's far more likely that people working for marketing agencies will go, ah, rhyming, cool, we'll do that. So yeah, so there's that, and I, I did I did find myself thinking that there's the whole thing about, it's a phrase I remember seeing written on a wall in Belfast, and I think it's used in a lot of communities where they kind of, they feel there's a breakdown of trust with government and stuff like that, so it might be a slightly melodramatic thing, but nothing about us without us is for us. And that came from the disability movement. Did it? Yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. Well, as far as I know. Yeah. And but I, I think I think you know obviously it's been used for kind of far bigger causes, quite rightly. But there is something there about you can't say that you are representing a scene or a you group can't re- of people. Represent you say you're representing the interests of people you are not consulting with. No, and this was the thing that that Sean kept coming up to me. At one point, he said during the night, "We've got a lot. Of, we've had a lot of problems with it." 
but our intentions are good our intentions are good and the thing is i believe that is genuinely hmm. what he thinks he is doing is good the fact that he might make some money off it maybe i don't know i like i don't the, the bit about you know being the go-to person that's speculation mm. but i think he genuinely believes that what he's doing is in the right place but mm. the thing is you cannot build people up if you fundamentally don't have an interest in the building materials they are already using <laughs> yeah like that's the <laughs> yeah i think one of the things about the night itself although it was a bit shambolic in different places mm. like it wasn't it wasn't a bad it wasn't a terrible event it went on a bit long and it got a bit cold because it was like a school hall you know an assembly <laughs> used to get a bit cold yeah. it was like that um Sorry, that's a completely different uh, side point. But mm-hmm. what was great about it was that you did have poets coming up on stage and sharing their poetry. Mm-hmm. And the poetry shines through. However shambolic the rest of the night is, you're going to look at the poetry and go, that's mm. something great. And I think that ties into something that Bridget said to me that really chimed was that whatever the response of the Poetry Awards, mm. the community came through for itself. The community, mm. you know, she was really heartened by the response of the community saying yeah actually this is who we are and this is who we are not and this is what we don't want and we are going to look out for each other and this is who we are and i think at the end of the day that's something amazing about the poetry scene Mm. um and yeah that shines through more than any kind of attempt at glitz and glamour Uh, One thing I should say that I actually forgot to mention while I was chatting to Hannah, I think I mentioned it when I kind of arrived, but before we'd switched the microphone on, was that I actually ran into two poets that I know um, on the night. um, And I actually ran into them in the interval as they were leaving um, because they kind of said, this cost us 20 quid and we don't really feel like it's what was advertised. Um, Like I said, there was a number of people who seemed, you know, to be enjoying the event. I think they were very forgiving of some of the cock-ups. So I don't want to say that, that was everybody's experience, but I do think it was interesting that yeah, two of the poets I knew kind of went, and like they didn't, we didn't know the other was going to be there. They both kind of said, actually, this isn't what was advertised, and we don't think it's worth twenty quid. So yeah, as I said, there have been a lot of questions raised about the poetry awards, and it's only fair that we give them a chance to answer these questions. Here's a list of the questions that we sent to the poetry awards. How do you think the award ceremony went? Is there anything you would change for next year? What is the nomination process for the awards? The nominees were from a fairly narrow geographical spread, largely London-based. How did that happen? Do you see any issue with this, given that all of your literature talks about showcasing poetry from the whole of the UK? Were any of the acts who appeared on stage on the night paid for their sets? Was there any prize money? Um, Sean got up on stage at one point um, at the end of the event and... um, He mentioned while he was up there that there had been naysayers. As part of this email, I said, what do you believe these naysayers' problem was with the awards? One of the issues that has been raised with me by multiple poets can be boiled down to what gives these guys to represent the entire UK poetry scene? What would you say to that? Did you consult with existing poetry groups and organisations or knights when planning the awards? What is the relationship between AIGI Entertainment and the Poetry Awards? Sean, IU the Sean Buffonge, listed as the sole director on the AIGI Entertainment slash AIGI Group company's house entry. Are you hoping that the Poetry Awards will help AIGI Entertainment match brands with poetry talent? You list a number of charities on the Poetry Awards website with the implication that you are actively supporting them. Do you have any formal partnership with them? Have you actually made any donations to them? And if so, how much? Do you have any comments you want to add? They didn't respond to any of those questions. I also sent them a number of questions about the other issue that led to me receiving the threats, and I also sent them copies of the threats themselves. They chose not to respond. As I said, while Sean himself was not the person who sent me these threats, I believe the Poetry Awards' silence and lack of action makes them complicit in this. As I've said throughout, all I'm doing here is asking questions, questions which the awards have declined to answer. And like I said to Hannah... I do believe there is some good intent there. And it may be that these are just first year hiccups, but a refusal to answer basic questions, to engage with criticism, or even with the wider UK poetry scene doesn't bode well. But the awards are right about one thing. The poetry scene is dynamic and it's beautiful and it is brimming with talent. Go and see poetry events, buy books, chat to poets online or in person and explore this scene. It's out there and it needs your support and it deserves to be lifted up properly. 
We'll be back soon with our Christmas special, the Dead Darlings Office Christmas Party, in which you can hear some of the amazing poets from the London scene. And you can find out more about the podcast on Twitter, at Dead Darlings Pod, Facebook as Dead Darlings Podcast, and via email at deaddarlingspodcast at gmail.com. Please do feel free to get in touch with your thoughts. We're very happy to entertain debate, but anything that we find tips over into being threatening will be added to the police report, and it sucks that I have to say that. If you've liked what you heard, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and help us spread the word. I would like to thank um, a great number of poets who have been incredibly helpful during this process, including my co-host Hannah Hutzper, PJ the Repeat Beat Poet, Tyrone Lewis, Faye Roberts, Bridget Hart, and again to you guys for listening. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.